Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thrive After Divorce show, where we want to give you tips and tricks and the experts to know how to not just survive divorce, but thrive after divorce. And today I am excited. We have Allison Jones. Allison is a certified health and wellness coach, life coach, fitness instructor, and organizational development consultant. And your dream is to create a society of women who are well from the inside out and women who use their voice. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, tell us about this dream and and the purpose and um, and you're a survivor of divorce yourself. And so yes, so I really do have this vision of just women sort of banding together to support each other and to also grow themselves from the inside out. So especially, you know, as we get to a certain point in our lives, I think we start maybe to look inward again and we start to evaluate where are we in our lives and what is it that we want to be doing and are we truly well? Um, Are we healthy, not just on the outside, but on the inside? And so I really believe in, in just trying to help empower other women and for all of us sort of, you know, bonding together to empower each other and to try to live our best lives. Because I think the older we grow, the more we have to offer. We have more wisdom. We have more experience. We have more quote unquote failures, which are just learning opportunities, really. Um, We have, you know, some scars. We have all sorts of things and, and all the positive things and so much to share. So, and yes, part of that, I think, really has flowed out of my own Um, experience with divorce, because that was a time in my life where I really, it was a pivotal moment, I guess, or a pivotal (laughs) long moment of many years of really just having to kind of go back to some basics, dig down deep, sort of ask myself some questions and maybe recreate my life a bit. And that was, for me, I think, a catalyst towards that reevaluation and that inspiration to try to help other women to just show up the best they can in this world and be who they're designed to be. So that's where I'm coming from with it. And um, I just love everything wellness inside and out. I love what you're doing. And I, um, I love, what did I read? It says that you believe that women who have experienced deep pain can live the most authentic and impactful lives once they step into the pain and embrace their transformation journey. Yes, did I write that? You did. That's did. Yeah. yeah, and it, I, it's, it's so true. Yes, I do believe that. You know, I think that often when we are going through life, we can sort of be sleepwalking and going through the motions and you know, it sometimes takes a really painful event to wake us up out of that and to stir something deep within our souls and to almost force us to go down deep and to do that hard work and to decide, am I going to let this sideline me and, and, and put me to the side or set me back? Or am I going to grow and evolve from this? And, and I think the difference is that we have to be willing to do that work and to go through that transformational process and to embrace all of it, you know, the pain, the hurt, the heartache, the disappointment, the, all of that, 
as well as the good in order to, to evolve and to become that really that higher version of ourselves. So I do believe that pain serves an incredible purpose. And, you know, I believe that it does provide us with that opportunity that, you know, when things are going well, we can still do great things, but there's just something deeper that pain teaches us. And then I think also we can relate more to other people. And I think people can relate to us because they understand that we've been there and we've hurt and we've still come out the other side alive and not just surviving, but doing well and embracing that new life. So, yeah. Do you think, yeah. <clears throat> cause I think for all the books I've read, courses I've taken, certifications, nothing could have taught me what going through it taught me. Absolutely. And I remember hearing um, that someone said going through a divorce is like being in a car wreck every day for a year. And I was like, wow, that's pretty dramatic of a statement. And then when I went through it, I, it it's just that, and there are good days and bad days as, as we all know, but it was just that sense of um, every day really having to walk through something that was just so life altering and so painful from so many different angles. And I think that having some of the the personal growth work in place ahead of time certainly can help prepare you for it, but it's always in the fire, in that moment, that is when you're really going to learn and then make that transition from your head into your heart and into your whole being. So I, I do agree with you on that. I remember looking around my house at all these plaques or books that were so easy to believe in when life was good. And then I, I remember staring at one and just thinking, now I have to walk the walk. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I was like, oh, it's a take all those things take a different meaning when you see them from a different side. And plus, I'm thinking of you say, who are we? For so many of us, especially women, when you're going through a divorce a little bit later in life, maybe, and you're like, the kids are leaving and you're facing menopause and it's, it's a transitional period anyway. And then you add divorce it can really throw you into a tailspin. Can, and you know, one of the things that I think is the most important things to keep in mind and to try to keep track of and to really discover and learn more about as you're going through it is authenticity. What is authentic for me? And for me, that was a moment that I had when I was realizing that I needed to move forward with this divorce and allow it to happen instead of fighting it. And I just had this moment where I sort of crumbled and surrendered. And it was, I said, I am willing to just be authentic and to go through this and to let what is be known because I was so afraid and I was so afraid of my whole world crumbling around me. And I was also afraid of what other people were gonna think and what what it would do to the, my extended family, of course, my children. But, and I just remember having this moment of, of really needing to be authentic and to let what was already in it, I, I realized our family's already quote unquote broken. We're still a whole beautiful, wonderful family. But as far as the, the, the dysfunction and the pain and, and all of those things, it's broken and it's now just time to be authentic about it. So there was that moment of authenticity, but it was also as I was then sort of rebuilding my life um, during and, and after the divorce of what is authentic to me? 
you know, who am I? Who was I designed to be? Let me get back in touch with who I've always been, that 11-year-old girl who had hopes and dreams and and somewhere along the way, things kind of got a little off course and, you know, I'm still there and I'm still me. Who was I designed to be? What was I designed to do in this world? And what am I designed to, to do now that maybe five years ago I wasn't designed to do? So yes, that moment of who are we and and what are we meant to bring to this world? Because I don't believe any of us are just here to take up space and to take up air. <laughs> I think we're here. When you think about all the trillions of possibilities of people out there and we are on this earth, we were born, we're here for a reason. Divorce not only does not change that, I think it gives us even more opportunity to step into our way of being and to be who we were designed to be. Wow. You, those are some powerful thoughts and statements. Like, I'm thinking, like, let what is to be, like, or let it be known because yeah. we try to hide. Yes. And then also, what am I designed to do? Because mm. life just changes us, or what we're designed to do. Like, where am I now? Instead of getting locked into like, well, 20 years ago, I wanted to be this or do this. What am I designed to do now? Yes. How long did it take you to get to this place of realization and power just for those listening? You know, I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. You didn't say, I'm getting divorced. And then you jumped to these conclusions. No. And like you said, it's a car wreck for a year, but how long or how did you start just little baby steps to get to this place? Yeah, so I have been um, divorced for six years, but separated for nine years. And so we separated nine years ago and then the divorce, the official divorce happened almost three years later. And I will tell you that when it first happened and I was first going through it, I really did feel sort of like a shell of a human being. And I know that I still had strength and I still had courage. And it was actually one of the most courageous things I've ever done to step out and to allow this marriage to end instead of trying to cling to it. So there was strength there and I don't wanna downplay that whatsoever, but I felt like a shell in terms of the insecurities that I had developed and the fears that I had and the anxieties I had, like I said, about going through this and how it would affect other people and what other people would think and all of those things. And so I intentionally went through a process of just personal growth and personal development and just focusing on myself and learning to be comfortable with being alone. I would say that it is a slow, steady process and it has not ended and it is going to continue for the rest of my life as yes. any kind of growth process because we're constantly evolving and, and we're either progressing or we're regressing. We're never staying the same. So if we're progressing, it's, it's, it's for a lifetime. And I believe that for me, just that hard work of saying, okay, I am going to sit with this pain. I'm going to feel it. I'm not going to try to buffer it. I'm not going to try to escape from it. I'm going to learn to be alone on a Saturday night, which the first few Saturday nights was very difficult. And, and not to say that there aren't times also to be surrounded with people and to go out and have that companionship. It's so important, but to be comfortable too with the alone times and to be, be willing to go deep and 
and you know read inspirational readings and surround yourself with people who build you up and make you feel more complete as opposed to people who you always sense that insecurity around or that not enoughness or that little bit of toxicity being willing to let that go and i think for me it was just a very slow steady process it's definitely not overnight no but i sometimes would feel you know really leaps and bounds in progress just when when something would just land on me a certain way and to have that aha moment and i would say though it's that daily committing to things that are enriching and life-giving and trying to simplify and to be willing to remove things that no longer serve us, not in a selfish way, but for our higher good, which when we're focused on our higher good, we're focused on the higher good of those we love too, because they benefit when we're in a good place. Yeah. You know, I think you say the word learn a lot. And I think that's, so important for people to remember that you have to learn when people say, I don't know how to be alone. I don't know how, well, we all have to learn just like you had to learn to be married. You had to learn to be a mom. You have to learn to be alone. Yes. There's and so much conditioning that has occurred. And now we have to condition ourselves to a different way of being, which involves learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's learn. It doesn't just happen. It's learning. And you, um, have, five essential states of being and three essential steps to navigate divorce. And the steps that you have are what is the number one danger that will prevent any woman from thriving during and after divorce? So what is that danger? And so, and that's before the steps, um, the steps are a little bit different, but that, that okay. is, or tell me about your steps. Adrian, you have a five step and you have a three step. Yeah. Um, so, so to answer about the danger, to me, I think that one thing to keep in mind before anyone can really embrace this divorce journey and this post-divorce journey is, to me, the number one danger is if you allow the roots of bitterness to mm. take place, if you allow bitterness to take root, I should say, and those seeds to get planted, because that makes the difference between becoming um, angry and it, it just seeps into your soul. It seeps into your relationships. It doesn't just stay. I'm just angry at him or, you know, it really becomes something that just pervades our attitude and it causes that regression and that, that, that resentment when we don't allow this, the seeds of bitterness to take root, then we have the opportunity to say, okay, how can this be used for my greater good. So as far as the sort of the five, I call them like the five essential states of being as we're going through this. And I wrote them down to make sure that I remember some key points here. So the first one is acceptance and they're all, they all start with the letter A. So that makes it easier. So the five A's, the five A's, the five A's. So the acceptance is the acceptance of everything that's happened, all of the pain, all of the hurts, all of the disillusionment, the disappointment, the being let down, acceptance of our role in it, you know, what could we have said or done differently? What, you know, what, how did I manage this situation that I could have managed it a little bit differently? How, how could I maybe be there differently for my children through something tough in the future, but accepting our part, accepting the pain, accepting the hurt, 
Um, and accepting the situations and people in our lives as they are, as opposed to how we want them to be. Because I was the queen of seeing the potential in people and seeing the potential in situations and thinking that that's the way it should be because I saw that potential. Well, guess what? That's not how someone chooses to be. That's their choice. That's yeah. not up to me. And I have to accept them for who they are today, not who I think they should be or can be and also situations. The second one is awareness. And that's awareness of our heart's desires. Again, our part in the situation, our values, you know, what, it, what really does mean the most to us, our identity, who we truly are, our non-negotiables versus our negotiables. And we can think about that in terms of maybe future dating relationships. What, what are my negotiables versus what are these things that I will not budge on in somebody? Yeah. Our options that are out there, our areas that we want to grow in, you know, the grace that we need to extend to ourselves and to others, just having that awareness, which I think takes time. That's part of that learning and growing process to have that awareness. Um, the third one is abundance. The belief that there is plenty of goodness, love, light out there within ourselves and within others, the belief that anything is possible, that we have potential, that our life still has amazing potential and in our ability to create a brighter and more soul-centered life. So just that whole concept of abundance, I think, is super important. The fourth one is appreciation. So, you know, appreciation for all that we, we are, all that we have, even the tough times, which often, like I said, force us out of that sleepwalking and that slumber period into a more awakened and height, you know, state. Yeah. Um, and so that, that appreciation, that practice of gratitude, of expressing it to others and to ourselves. And I think that cultivating appreciation in our lives for the good and the bad really changes us. So I think that's super important. And the fifth A is authenticity. Like I said, just the time to figure out who am I, not who, who does that person want me to be? Who does my mom want me to be? Who does my church want me to be? Who does my neighbor want me to be? Who do my kids want me to be? But who am I, you yeah. know, and how can I show up as the truest and highest version of myself in this world? What gifts am I meant to express, you know, and what choices am I going to make from this point forward that will be authentic and that will be life-giving to me and to others? Because when we're authentic, it will be life-giving. So yeah, those are the five A's. <laughs> sure. And you know, if you do these, and even if you just start little, people don't have to, you know, it's not like you're going to say, I'm going to start running and I'm, so I'm going to run 10 miles. You maybe run a block, but acceptance could just start with accepting I'm getting divorced. Yes. And appreciation and abundance that gratitude those are just things you as you said you learn to do and even if you think you have nothing and and you go to starbucks and there's no line just be thankful there's no line yes it becomes habits yes and the things you love talking, that well like the roots of bitterness i'm like all of a sudden all these adjectives bitterness guilt uh, they become personality traits yes and we don't want those to seep in and root. I agree. And I think one of the things that's really helpful when we feel those negative emotions is to not buffer or try to escape them 
and pushing them aside. So when we start to feel that, to sit with it and to say, okay, I am feeling angry. I'm feeling really annoyed and ticked off that this happened. And maybe it's a co-parenting thing. He let the kids down again or whatever it is. And to sit with that, we don't want to be Pollyanna like, oh, but it's okay because I'm just going to be happy from now on. You know, no, it's not that at all, but it's okay. Let me sit with this. Ugh, this really stinks. You know, here we go. All right. Now, do I want to continue to feel that way or do I want to feel a different way? Do I want to now say, okay, that was rotten, but now I choose to move into a place of just forgiveness and acceptance and move on to a more positive state of being. And I think that's where we gain the power because we're still feeling and processing, but then we're moving into something that serves us more because if we don't process things, then they can really come back to hurt us later because they're always simmering underneath the surface. So, so I think it is that balance of feeling and processing and then making that conscious decision that I'm not going to let this rule me. I'm not going to let those seeds of bitterness take root. I am going to move forward. And I think of, um, it's even learning, as you said, to not react, to sit yes. with it for a moment, to, for the people listening, think of those five A's. Like when you're getting upset, like, am I accepting this? Because if you're angry, you're usually not accepting it. Right. You want to fight it, you know, or like, what, what's really happening? Have that awareness. Or even in the worst moment, the abundance of knowing, okay, this doesn't work for me. Right. It's good that I learned that or that this is something that needs to be changed. And to be authentic and justify like your feelings are valid. If you're feeling them, the reason might not be valid. You know, it could have been a misunderstanding or something, but, but so how would you say that? How do you, for someone wondering, like, I'm authentically feeling really, really mad right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you shift that? Yeah. To a positive I think part of it is putting the word and after that. I'm really authentically feeling mad and I'm going to still move forward and take a walk and try to clear my mind. And, you know, I'm feeling mad and I can still try to find a place of more peace. I'm feeling really angry and I can still practice loving this person. So it's adding the and there, not just sitting with the, I'm feeling so annoyed right now. I'm feeling so angry. Well, then we're just kind of stewing in that and we're replaying it and we're dwelling, but it's, I'm feeling angry and I have every right to feel angry about this, especially if your kids are let down on something. I think that gets us all like, don't mess with my kids. Like I can handle things, but don't mess with my kids. So I'm annoyed about this. This is not okay. And I am going to do what I can to try to, you know, ease the situation or, you know, do something healthy and productive so that it doesn't eat me up. So I think looking for that and is really powerful. I think it is too. I think that's your sixth A. And <laughs> because, you know, and I always try to find, or for people that um, I coach or they listen, I call them like a ripcord. Like if you're falling down and you need some, I need something short and fast that I can remember. And if you're in that moment, the five A's might take a minute yes. to pull in, but we all can remember and. And yeah, just add that. Yeah. And that buys you time to get in the right place in your brain again to even think. Yeah. 
because I think it's like the pause. Yeah. It's that pause. It's that here's how I'm feeling. And like you said, instead of reacting, here's how I'm feeling. Now the and is the pause. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do with that? Is it I'm feeling angry and so I'm going to rip off a nasty text? Or is it I'm really feeling angry and I'm going to go take a walk to try to cool down? Yeah. It provides us a pause. Or even if I'm really angry and I'm going to make a mistake, do that text or whatever. But that's a quick little training for everyone listening to just add that end. Mm -hmm. And here, I'm curious your answer to this. If we add end, if our mind will just subconsciously answer that. Oh, yeah. I mean, our subconscious is so powerful. So much happens underneath the surface. But when you, you know, when you're not even thinking like, I'm so angry and I bet something magically just appears like I'm going to cool down. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a walk. It'll just pop. Yeah. And I think we have to trust our intuition and and that gut and that little voice. Not, not that we always want to act on it because sometimes it is, you know, based on more of a, of a hurt feeling that we're having. But um, yeah, I think we have to listen to that voice that says, where did go take a walk pop in my mind? Do I really want to go take a walk? Well, maybe not, but maybe my subconscious is telling me go take a walk. I always feel better once I'm taking a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Motion is emotion. I mean, you're going to yeah. get it. But, um, and I'm sure the more people practice the five A's or the end method, it just, like it, we learn and it's going to become easier and easier and it's going to save you. Yeah. You know how much, I don't mean for, I mean, for the people listening, if you just did these five steps, what would that save you? Just turning on my, off my notification sound. Yeah. And and in very many things in life. I mean, sometimes when I find that I don't really like how I'm responding to a situation or I have a negative emotion that is just kind of ugly, I'm like, let me analyze my A's here. And it, also, it often happens in the shower. I'm like, all right, this is kind of going on in my life. Let me go through and I'll be like, am I in a state of appreciation? Ah, no, let me be, let me think about what I'm grateful for, even about this situation that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Am I being authentic to myself? It also helps with making decisions about all sorts of things. What is the most authentic decision? Career, you know, relationships, oh. um, going to a certain type of party or whatever it is. And all of those things I'll walk through. Uh, am I in scarcity mindset instead of abundance mindset? Is that kind of what's happening here that I'm, I'm thinking there's not enough to go around and I'm grabbing what I can because I'm afraid that there's yeah. not going to be enough success left for me or enough joy or enough. So I, I do, I start to work through. And, and the other A is that I think that those five help us be in alignment when we're, because if we jump to the behavior first and we don't get at these root things, anyone can white knuckle things for a while and they can slap, you know, fruit onto a tree, so to speak. But if it's not coming from the root of the tree, if that behavioral change isn't coming from all of these A's, then it's temporary. It and, and if you don't change, mm-hmm. you're going to have a fruitless tree. True. Exactly. The, like, it will be rotten fruit or it will be fruit. Yeah. Because I mean, it's at some point you have to look at yourself and, and be authentic to yourself. Like what am I contributing to either things that are making me happy or not making me happy? Yes. And, and taking that ownership. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's a hard place because it's so easy through divorce or when you're upset to put blame out there. But when yeah. you have to really stop and go, now it's down to me. <laughs> yeah, and realizing that things don't necessarily happen to us, they happen for us. Yeah. And I think that mindset shift of even the bad things like, okay, but there is something I'm supposed to learn from this and I am supposed to grow. And again, not that we always automatically can make that shift because when we hurt, we hurt. Yeah. It's important to feel that for however long we need to, but then to not dwell on that and to say, if this is happening for me, well, what does that mean? What am I supposed to learn from this? What can I take from this? Yeah. I love um, the thought of my life isn't falling apart. It's falling together. Oh yeah. That's great. And um, I'm trying to, there was something I wanted. Uh, well, I love how you say embrace the transformation, transformation journey. And I think people yeah. have to see it as that is like, you are transforming. It is a journey. Yeah. And it's going, it's, yeah. look at how, what it, divorce changed your life. It changed my life. It, we're redesigned. Absolutely. And the journey never ends. And like with anything, the journey is where it's, it's where it all really happens. It's not the destination and the destination is a facade. The destination is always a step ahead of where we are, yeah. but it's that journey. That's everything. That's where the richness is. That's where the relationships are. That's where the, you know, the learning and the growth is. And you mentioned sort of the three-step framework, the, the way I like to look at it to, to kind of simplify the thinking about how do I start that transformational process? Three things to consider very simply, what is it that I want to keep? So it's, it's what do I want to keep? What do I want to shed? And what do I want to add? So looking back at the, the marriage, what served me, not in, again, not in a selfish way, but what was life-giving? What enriched the lives of my children? If there are children in the picture, what friends do I want to keep in my life? What activities that were part of our marriage do I want to continue on because I still enjoy them and I love them? What um, committee do I want to stay on? Do I want to continue to go to this group? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. What do I want to keep? The second thing, shed. What do I want to let go of? You know, what, maybe there's an activity that, that you took up because it was something he enjoyed doing and yeah. did it. It's fine, but isn't really something I enjoy anymore or these friends aren't really my supporters necessarily they were acquaintances more or less they were people that were fun to hang out with while we were married but it's time to let those go or there's these negative memories that I need to let go of or the guilt the shame yeah. the insecurities what are these things I need to let go of and sometimes that's a process not only of personal individual work but a therapist or you know, friends and a community, which I love that you have your community of women, because that's part of that, all, all the, the keeping, the shedding and the adding, but helping to shed some of those, um, those things and those things that we've taken on that no longer service and then add, what do I want to add into my life? So it's not enough just to keep some things and get rid of some things. What do I want to add to my life, add more or add to begin with, that's going to enhance my life, make it bigger, stronger, better. You know, what hobby do I want to take up that I think I'll enjoy? What new skill do I want to learn? Maybe I want to learn how to salsa dance or cook a certain type of cooking or, or whatever it is. You know, maybe I want a new career. 
Maybe I want new friendships that are more supportive. Maybe I want to grow a certain trait in me. Maybe it's courage. You know, maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe I'm, I'm, I need to add more forgiveness into my life. So I think if we kind of keep it simple sometimes and thinking about what do I want to, what do I want to keep? What do I want to shed? And what do I want to add? That can really help us make sure that we're considering the whole picture in sort of as we transform and redesign our lives. I, I think it's incredible. And I'm thinking too, that so many times we go into reaction of what we want to keep without thinking because we have an emotional attachment. Like I grew up in Minnesota and someone might think we have a cabin and I want to keep the cabin. We, yeah. But you have to stop and think, do you want to keep the cabin, the work, the this, the that? Just really think about what you want to keep. Yeah. And I'm curious for your opinion on with the shedding and the adding, um, it's kind of like, you know, if you're clearing out your closet, if I'm going to buy new clothes, I have to clear out all the clothes to make space. But what do you think people should, I mean, I know you don't really do it in order, but is it easier to think, what do I want to add? Does that make it easier to think, well, if I want to add this, what can I get rid of over here to make room or easier to clear out and go, now I have the space to fill. What do I want to add? Does that make sense? It does. And I think it can be either or. I think it works both ways. Um, an example of that, even in my current life, I was thinking I want to add in more things like doing puzzles and reading more books, which I love to read, but sometimes that time is crowded out by things like mindlessly scrolling social media. So in my mind, I said, okay, if I want to add in more time to read, and if I want to do things like puzzles and have more time, more time to play games with my kids, something's got to give. I've got to get rid of something because there are only so many hours in the day. Okay, I am going to intentionally shed some of the social media time. There's a great use for social media and, and the connection is wonderful. There's a point where the mindless scrolling just does not serve us. Um, another thing for me was drinking wine. Mm -hmm. um, I drink it very, um, very intentionally and, and only occasionally now, whereas it had become more of a habit and I decided I need to shed this. Now that was more like, this is something I want to shed. Mm -hmm. And then seeing now, oh, now I'm adding in more of these things because I shed that. So that was sort of an example more where I decided I just shed this. I don't think that um, I, I read something that said is alcohol taking more than it's giving in your life. And I thought that rang true for me. And I thought, you know, I'm just, just making a decision that I want to shed some of this. And what I've seen that it has opened up in adding things that are more positive in my life um, has been great. And I'm able to say, I, I'll, I still drink from time to time, but it's just not going to be as frequent as it became during COVID. You know? yeah. Like, we so yeah, I think it can work either way. And we just, I think when we have that awareness and we're being mindful and intentional, I think that's what you were pointing out. It's just that intentionality yeah. of, you know, coming to things with a, a mindfulness and choosing how we're going to, how we're going to respond to things and react and what we're going to carve out in our lives. It's just this intentionality. Yes. And then it doesn't feel like a punishment. No, no. Because no. even just using those words, like I have keep, shed, add. 
that simple. Not, I have to give it up or I'm depriving myself or I, I, but just to know yeah. what am I shedding or what am I, what do I want to add? It, it's just, it keeps you in power. It does. And I think another thing there is when we change our self-talk a little bit away from, I have to, to, I get to, Yes, I you know, that. I get I to, you know, stop doing this or give this up. I get to add this in my life. I get to practice more gratitude. I get to yes. practice more patience and even getting rid of, I think that as women, we can be so hard on ourselves. Oh, I, I hear it all the time when I do coaching. I know I should do this. I know I should do that. And, and I say now, should you like all these shoulds we put on ourselves I know. Um, we are just so overwhelmed with all the shoulds and we have to give ourselves grace. You know, we have to understand that we're human and yeah. sometimes <laughs> we're just not going to, to feel it. Sometimes we're going to, you know, we're going to be low. We're not going to be able to rise up, so to speak, but that belief in ourselves that it's okay. There's a better day tomorrow. There's a better week next week. And I'm going to stay in this game and I'm just going to keep showing up even when sometimes I only feel 10%, but I'm going to keep showing up. Yeah, the mindset. I said that to my group the other day. I said, instead of looking at the day of what you have to do, look at it as what I get to do and see how it changes the day. Yes. It just, it shifts the mind. It just does. You know, over my, my favorite little mind shifts I heard that I was like, hmm. you know, how everyone has kind of a, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people, a negative idea of like, I've got to sit down and pay bills. Yeah. Like, it's not fun. It was fun. But I heard a woman say she shifted it to creating a night for herself that she enjoyed. And she saw it as I'm paying for gifts already received. Oh, wow. Wow. And I swear I would say it even though I, but when I go to the mailbox and get a bill, I'd be like, oh, a gift already received. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, I would have my APS bill. I live in Arizona. I'm like, I am grateful I had that air conditioning last month. Exactly. I am exactly. grateful I had the car to drive. Right. So the air conditioning shift. bill means you're comfortable and you're not yeah. sweating it out without yeah. AC and the so gas I, that you put in your tank. It means that you have an automobile to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that abundance and gratitude, it's like even your bills, you can turn that into these were gifts already received. Yeah. I love that. And I get to pay them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us about, for everyone listening to you, um, you are in the process of building an app and you have your wellness society. Tell us about where they can find you, what you do, what you yeah, offer. Absolutely. I know you have a, a group too. Yeah. So I lead a um, healthy eating and being and moving program called Flip. And it's about flipping the way we think about um, food and our relationship with food to have a healthy relationship with, with food and with movement and with our mindset, which is a huge part of that for life and looking at food as fueling our bodies rather than the deprivation. And, and so I do lead that flip healthy eating program. Um, my website is, um, wellnesssocietyus.com. So that's, uh, wellnesssocietyus.com. And I'm on Instagram, wellness underscore, um, society underscore coaching. And yeah, so I'm, I also have a private Facebook group, but I just, um, I really just want to help inspire women. And it's, it's just that constant energy that we provide each other of focusing on what's good, what's positive, what's healthy, 
what leads to wellness as opposed to especially the time we've all had lately with politics and COVID and so much unrest. If we focus on all the negativity, you know, it can just really be exhausting and draining. So let's band together. Let's really focus on the positive. So I just try to, um, you know, I coach women, group and individual, just try to put out as much healthy positivity as I can and, and to, to, to gain it from other people too. Cause that's, what's so beautiful in these groups that I'm a sponge feeding off of that from other women too. Yes. As long, I always say be in the right group, it fits for you. Yeah. So as you're absorbing, it's, it's, you know, good, but yeah, I believe in community and the power of coming together and, you know, our intentions will amplify and go faster when we're in a group that's collectively having the same thoughts and goals. When I say that, I mean, your individual goal, but the idea of to get healthy or to flip yeah. your relationship. So, yeah. And, and I love what you're doing with your group because women need that too, to, they need the support. They need that as they're walking through what is a very, very dark time and a very difficult time. It's very painful. No one just gets divorced and says, okay, no. here I go. It is, it is terrifying. <laughs> and so to have that supportive community of yeah. people to walk through it together, I just, I applaud you for doing that because I think it's so needed and it can make the difference between someone becoming embittered and really thriving in in life, which is the title of your program. <laughs> well, I say, let it make you better, not bitter. Yes. And perfect. Yeah. And um, I think, what was I going to say? The, the community. Oh, but divorce, it leads you to so many things. And that's why I want to bring in so many people, like even the FLIP program, you might not have taken care of your health for quite a while. I am not a health expert at all. So I want to bring a community together where now they know they can there's all different people and it's amazing how many people's passions stem from their divorce. Yes. And as painful as it is in the car crash every day, I don't meet many people that regret getting divorced. No, no, I agree. It's just coming out the other side where you start to really feel that gratitude for it. Yeah. And I remember someone telling me, you will get to the other side and you will, will feel that way. And sometimes we have to borrow the faith of other people because we don't have it yet because we're too in the situation. So I remember being like, okay, okay, if you're sure, I'm going to come out the other side and I'm going to feel better. And it's not like you ever fully come out because again, it's always a journey, but you do come out the other side, so to speak. And you do feel like it really was almost a blessing. Um, I, not I that you would have, yeah, I mean, you know, some of us regret certain things, yeah. but you know, we have to look at things as, you know, even though they might be sad things that happened, good, yes. good can come from them. Yes. And I say that I can laugh now, 12 years later, yeah. it was the worst journey of my life, but yeah. it was a blessing. And I think the five tips you gave everyone will help you get the more we can learn from other people, we shorten our time. True, but it's yes. a choice. It's a choice. You have to learn. You have to want it. Yeah. And just do the baby steps. And I love what you lined out. It's open-ended. You can choose whatever you want to accept for that day. Yes. yes. You can choose whatever you want as abundance for that day. Mm -hmm. If it's turning the light switch on and the light goes on, 
it's still a habit that you're like, I'm grateful. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, and now down the road, I know you're going to have your app come out so they can look for your app and that's, you want to speak what that will be just so that, um, yeah, they can. So, and I believe the name is going to be wellbeing 360. That's the name as of now, but I'm still in development. So yeah, it'll just, it's an app for wellness with all sorts of, you know, nutrition information, mindset surrounding wellness, because wellness is social, um, intellectual, spiritual, physical, and, you know, intellectual. Did I say intellectual? It's the, what I call the five spokes of wellness. So it's all those things integrated. And so really touching on all of that, all the areas of um, wellness and just little um, video clips and audio clips of just thoughts to help people kind of stay on that positivity track and the community aspect and my flip program will be available on there as well. So I'm definitely excited for the app to come out in 2022. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. And, you know, as far as 2022 goes, I don't know when people will be listening to this. It'll be in 2022, I'm sure. But anytime we're about to face a new year, that new year is going to be what we make of it. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, oh, let's all hope 2022 is going to be better. Let's hope 2023 is going to be better. Look <laughs> where that goes. Let pay off. <laughs> I mean, it, there's always going to be good. There's always going to be bad. That's yeah. just life. And it's what we, it's not what's happening around us. It's what's happening in us that is going to make all the difference. So no matter what year we're in or what we're facing, let's just make it the best we can. I agree. And I'm so grateful that you joined us today. And and that's my goal for 2022, one of them, is that if anyone listening, if you just make the choice that you want to take those steps to get better, I am bringing in the people, the speakers, because sometimes when you're in that dark space, you can't find them, but they're all positive. There's, they can buy your program. They can do your Facebook for free. Like there is an option and so I am bringing the positive-minded people to them. And if you follow women like Allison all year or get their app, it just happens. Yeah, well, I mean, because you're choosing it to happen. I don't mean it just happens, but, but it becomes more second nature. You start to pick up on the vibes of all of that, and you start to become more positive and more intentional when that's what you fill your mind with. It's what we fill our mind and our time with, and that's exactly yeah. what you're saying. And you know what? Someone um, earlier today said to me that I hadn't thought of because I'm not techie, but you know, our algorithms, like within our Facebook group or Instagram, the more we fill it with positive people and the more they're liking the positive video you put out or the comment you put out, we're changing literally the, the algorithms around us. And the input then that we get. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because like my our... feed is full of positivity and nutrition yeah. advice and personal growth stuff well that's because that's what I'm clicking on and that's what I'm right. watching and that's what right. I'm googling I'm not googling you know random I mean, of course we're all googling random stuff from time to time the rabbit trails we go down but that's the preponderance of my stuff is healthy and that's what comes into my feed and that becomes my my vibe that I'm pulling in and hopefully putting out because yeah. I want to be there for others the way others have been there putting that vibe into my life well, thank you, Allison. And I encourage everyone listening to go check out, would you say on Facebook, Flip is what they should type in? So they can, um, if they go to Wellness Society, um, there's a public page that 
um, they can like or there's a private Facebook group if they would like to join. They're welcome to just look for Wellness Society. And okay. then I would say my Instagram page, um, Wellness Society Coaching with underscores between the, the three words. Um, yeah, and I would just love to connect with anyone and to be a part of your community, which I think is phenomenal. Love it. And we will have everything listed under this interview. We'll have Great. all your information. But just, um, I thought flip was such a catchy little phrase. I didn't know if they, yeah. but yeah, flip your it. switch, follow Allison. And I'm thankful for your time and sharing all this amazing information today. I'm, um, I really love, what am I designed to do? Yes. When's the last time you asked yourself that to everyone listening? Like, even if you're not happy in your job or your, your house, you've outgrown your house. What are you designed to do? Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, you'll find your true fit in design and helping others. And I thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks, Allison.